Welcome to Season 2 of Vegan Superpowers. We're doing things a little different this season, but don't worry. We still have all the things you've come to love from Season 1, but with new topics, more self-improvement, and constant growth. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with the amazing Patrick D'Alessandro. Hey there, super people. Welcome to another episode of Vegan Superpowers. I'm your host, Ian Dowdy. Today, we have a very special guest. You've heard his music and have heard me talk about him in almost every single episode of Vegan Superpowers. It's my dear friend, Patrick D'Alessandro. Thanks for having me, Ian. No problem, Pat. Thank you very much for coming. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in case you didn't know, Pat and I have known each other for about three years now. Three years, I think... Uh... Or no, it was uh, April of 2016. April of 2016, yeah. yeah. That's when I started working. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that in a bit. So uh, Pat has actually written some new music for Vegan Superpowers, so keep your ears open for the new pieces he wrote in this episode and in the following episodes. So Pat, you told me that you ran 20 miles today. Yeah. How was that? It was good. Uh, I felt like stopping multiple times, but uh, I didn't. Why? What what drove <laughs> what drove you to keep going? Because me personally, I couldn't run a mile. You know, it's like I had this goal in mind that I was gonna do it, and I just put my mind to it, and I did it. And uh, I never run twenty miles before, and I knew I wanted to get like I wanted to get over twenty. Like the furthest I've ran was seventeen miles, and I was supposed to run fifteen yesterday, but it was just too hot, and I stopped. And uh, I don't know pushed myself I got this thing in my head and now I'm just like I'm just gonna keep setting these goals for myself and just do them so that's awesome how long did it take you to run those 20 miles three hours three hours <laughs> in the Chicago heat can yeah. you believe that yeah, so I know we were talking earlier and you said that you were terrible at running before mm -hmm. so what made you want to start running yeah it was terrible um I wasn't very good like I've done it you know throughout my life being an active person and been part of like my fitness routine on and off for probably about 15 years but I started off because uh, I got fired from my job my old job in uh, December of 2018 so I had a lot of free time on my hands and uh, I also had a lot of uh, you know angst around that and I was just like I gotta channel this somewhere else you know and I started running I started running in the winter and Chicago polar vortex winter too it was really bad last year and I ran not the day that was like 20 below but the day before that which was still like 10 below I ran like a 5k but yeah like I'm not I've never been good at running I'm not very tall like I have people say I have like a wrestler's physique so I'm not all like you know let you know, skinny legs and skinny arms and like, you know, long torso and stuff like that. So I, but I challenged myself. I was like, I'm just gonna, I don't, I'm not good at this, but I'm gonna like at least like sort of like become mediocre at it. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah. So I know we've actually worked out a few times together. Yeah. So what was the difference between weight training and then starting to run, especially long distance running? Yeah, it's different. I don't know. The difference between Weight training, I think it's like, at least for me, you know, you weight train, you make people like weight train for years. You can see like sort of like the newbie gains like right out the gate, you know, and like the pump and stuff like that, which is, you know, coveted 
much coveted thing, which are all great, but you know, a lot of times it takes a lot of dedication. I mean, so is running, but like, you know, weight training takes a lot of time and effort. If you're really like serious about it, a lot of like supplementation and like, which I've done for me, running was more of like, I set a goal for myself. If I say I'm going to run five miles, I run five miles. Like I run five miles. Like I did it for me. Like weight training was still awesome, but you know, it was like <laughs> part of like my like instant gratification is like I could hit the gym for an hour or two and I might not see the results, you know, yeah. for like a couple months or at all, you know. That's exactly it. So with running, like you can say I'm going to run like five miles or I'm going to run to this pole yeah. or this tree. And then right. by the time you get there, your goal is already completed. Yeah. So I can definitely see that. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to talk about this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Yeah. I know you have had an incredible weight loss yeah. story. Would you care to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So it's probably, I was just thinking about that today. So it was like 15 years ago. Okay. A little over 15 years ago when I think I started. It was in 2004, probably over, it, over, a little over 15 years ago in 2004. So yeah, like I'm 5'7", and I got to be like 230 pounds, like throughout my teens, I like I increased my weight, you know, like it got heavier and heavier. I come from an Italian family. So, so lots of carbs. Lots of carbs. <laughs> and we like to eat. Like when, when my grandmother was still alive and she'd cook, and like if you weren't on, if you were not uncomfortably full, you did not eat enough. Well, yeah, that's how they show their love. Yeah, exactly. Their language of love is yeah. food. Yeah, which is fine, but you know, like, and I can, you know, I'll, maybe I'll get into this more. It was like during my my adolescence, like especially late teens, because I didn't do sports when I was younger. Yeah, and I was pretty lean. You know, in my late teens, like high school age, like mid high school, like I would uh, comfort myself with food, not very like good food. So I got to be big and um so i got bullied a lot same like, yeah yeah like, but i got bullied for the opposite yeah, reason yeah yeah like i got I, people call me like fat pat and that was like an uncomfortable yeah. thing for me like it was somebody actually spray painted my car fat when i was a senior in high school really yeah that is awful yeah it was bad so not too long after that I decided to make a change. So I started like hitting the gym. This was when like Atkins was like starting to be like really big. So like let me let me jump in here. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know what Atkins is, this was a popular diet uh late early late nineties, early two thousands. Early aughts, yeah. yeah. Where they were calling all carbs evil, like you mm. couldn't eat any carbs. Yeah. Which coming from an Italian family, <laughs> I'm sure that did not go over well. Super difficult. <laughs> Super difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I followed that. I Actually, I worked at the gym at behind the front desk. Okay. And uh, I saw, like, we had a chiropractor that was working there. His name was Steve. And um, Steve the chiropractor. Yes, yeah, the chiropractor. And like, yeah, he helped me out because I don't like kind of like lose some weight, like follow stuff. Like, I didn't, I didn't totally do. Actually, kind of started off like on like what would be like a paleo diet. Now, okay. But then I kind of eliminated a lot of carbs. And uh, I ran on the treadmill at the gym I was working at, and like, yeah, I lost. I I was two thirty, I think, at my my biggest, and then I got down to like you know 160 165 yeah i remember when we met you were you were pretty lean then yeah wow so you've yeah. managed to keep that weight off yeah. since when you lost until now yeah like i had fluctuations like i'm eating and like how much you know weight training i'm doing but yeah i've pretty much kept at least like 50 pounds off of fat past like 15 years that is fantastic <laughs> 
So just so you have the backstory, um, Pat and I met in Chicago where we both worked for a, a boutique fitness what, what, how would you want to describe this place without saying the name? Because I don't want to get in trouble for it. Yeah, it's just like a, like a boutique, I guess, yeah, fitness. Studio? Studio. That's you based paint, around... You can paint there while yeah. you're on the, gym, or you're on the treadmill. <laughs> so it's based on high-intensity interval training. Yeah. And this place was very much a uh, cult mentality. Mm-hmm. And... Where Pat and I kind of bonded over this was um, they would always throw slogans at us like fake it till you make it Mm -hmm. or you have to work on your verbiage. (laughs) And so at first when I met Pat, um, I'm going to be honest with you, I thought you were a little strange. (laughs) I am a little strange. Yeah, but that, uh, that being a little strange actually is one of Pat's, I think, one of his charming points. So we started talking and we learned that we actually had a lot in common and I felt really bad for him. Do you want to take over why? Because of what happened after your first week? Oh yeah, so yeah, we, it was a very sales oriented position. It was it, all pushing sales. So pushy, so pushy. And I came from a sales background too and it was really pushy. The sales manager who trained us, or trained at least trained me, yeah. got fired like that Friday. They just like fired him. It was this really weird situation where he's going through the sales strategies with Pat, and then it was like it wasn't even like five o'clock, but yeah. they waited until that Friday and then yeah. pulled him aside away from him, you know, like showing Pat the way to do this, and then just yeah. just canned him. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this guy, I feel so bad for Pat that he had to go through this. And then, uh, yeah, we just kind of laughed and joked around. And Pat has the most amazing sense of humor. He, like, every day he would cheer me up with the best jokes. (laughs) I've always said if you can find a a mom and pop gym, Mm -hmm. those are the best places to go to. Because they're not trying to sell you anything that you don't need. They're not trying to hit any target numbers. Mm -hmm. They just are there for your own personal benefit. Vegan Superpowers is supported by My Mighty Meals. As I've said in many of my episodes, the hardest part of a healthy lifestyle is proper diet. Cooking, grocery shopping, counting calories and macros. Let's face it, that takes a lot of time and effort. And who has time for all of that? This is where My Mighty Meals steps in. If you are in the Chicagoland area, Chris and Nora will work with you to create delicious, nutritious meals that meet your specific dietary needs. Vegan, paleo, meat eater, they have you covered. If you are interested in their amazing meal prep service, visit MyMightyMeals.com and tell them Ian from Vegan Superpower sent you for 10% off your order. I've had the pleasure of trying some of their amazing dishes, and trust me, you're in good hands with My Mighty Meals. Once again, that's MyMightyMeals.com and tell them Ian from Vegan Superpowers sent you. You did an incredible work to lose all of that weight. Mm -hmm. And I know after our time at this uh, boutique fitness place, you had another struggle that you dealt with. Yeah. Would you care to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Thanks for asking. I dealt with it like a long time before that too. But yeah, it's uh, so addiction primarily alcohol, addiction to alcohol, was something that I was like really struggling with then. I had a period of, you know, abstinence when I was working there, but it started to 
creep up uh, towards the end of my... And well, eventually, like, I stopped working there because of it. Yeah. Um, among other reasons. Among other reasons. <laughs> it probably wasn't going to work in general, but... Um, I mean, if the sales manager is yeah, fired your yeah, first week, it yeah. might not be the best no, omen. No, and then it was... I got constantly, like, backlash from my... from the manager there because it was my sales weren't like not reaching those target numbers yeah no so in 2009 i tried to stop drinking for the first time but it definitely hit its peak when i was working at that gym and um yeah addiction was like something that cropped its head up during that time but i first tried to stop drinking in 2009 and i sought out like self-help and things like that and like therapy and things uh, which I think therapy is great and self-help is great. Self-care. Yeah, self-care. Um, in 2016, I was going through a really, really rough time, and I started ended up drinking again in, like, probably July while I was working at that place. Like I said before, with, like, me, with the food, like, comforting myself, I found a lot of comfort in drinking. I didn't, like, I had done drugs, too, in the past, and, like, but alcohol was the thing that I really sort of, like, found my... Comfort? Comfort in, Yeah. yeah. So what was the catalyst that really made you realize, okay, I have to stop? Yeah, um, I was living on the northwest side of the city. I live on the southwest side now, but, you know, I was just in a really bad place. Got out of a relationship that I was in, and I came to a point where I was like, I don't know if I can, I can't live like this. I don't know if I want to live like this, and like, it just got really grim. I got to the point where I was actually thinking about taking my own life. Which is never an answer for anything. Never an answer. Never an answer. Never. Never. And I'm grateful that I, I didn't. Dude, I am grateful that yeah. you didn't. <laughs> but that's how far down I was. And, like, you know, alcohol is a depressant, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, whether anybody's that, you know, becomes addicted to it or not, it's, you know, it's depressant. And, Absolutely. And it definitely was for me, like, a lot of things in life, it's like, a lot of things work for you, and then all of a sudden, like, they don't work for you anymore, but we can, you know, I continued to do them, and, like, that was the case with alcohol, and I got so far down, so, and, you know, like, I have a, a friend who was able to sort of, like, track, like, <laughs> he, he was able to track, like, where I was through my bank account through um, my ex-girlfriend, they found me at the bar, and he came and got me, and I haven't picked up a drink or a drug since, and that's, that was August 7th of 2016, so it'll be Three years, Three years in August. Three years in August. That is fantastic, yeah. man. Thank You've got you. a, a guardian angel with that friend who came and helped you. I do. The fact that they tracked you down through a bank app yeah. is fantastic. I know, and I was having some pretty sick thoughts in my head about yeah. what I was going to do. But, you know, yeah, it's... And then I sought out, you know, therapy and, um, you know, different self-help outlets to help me work on myself because I personally have had bad like coping yeah mechanism but that's the thing about running too it's it can be an addictive sure. behavior weight training can be addictive yeah yeah it's dopamine it's serotonin right but it has it has a lot of benefits and oh yeah way better <laughs> benefits than alcohol yeah I, you know i'd rather i'd rather run 20 miles and like drink 20 drinks yeah absolutely so i remember right after i had quit this uh, this boutique fitness place in Chicago. I had actually quit before Pat. We decided to meet up at some bar, and I remember I was waiting and waiting and waiting, and you never showed up. Yeah, yeah. 
I was super worried about you. Yeah. I'm not trying to loft myself up, but I was super worried about Pat at this time. And I think it was, it took a while, but I, I eventually got you to come to the gym yeah, and get in some lifts with me. Yeah. And I think those were some of the best lifts I had had. Nice. Yeah. I had some really good lifts there too. Yeah. Yeah. Man, there you go. You have to extend the olive branch of yeah. gains. Yes, you do. So you do you did. have any advice for any of our listeners who might be struggling with addiction or any, from your personal experience, any words of wisdom you care to share? Yeah, it's a, it's a struggle for sure. And, but the good news is there's a way out and there's a lot of things in 2019 you can do to help. Like what? What can they yourself. do? Yeah. Um, well, I'm a humongous advocate of therapy. Um, I have my my next session on the 18th, actually. I think that's one of the best things that a person can do for for themselves. And I think like a lot, you know, in this day and age, you know, therapy has is not such a kind of, uh, you know, taboo thing to mention. You know, people, self-care is huge now. And, I, and you know, therapy has helped me tremendously. Um, I have a, ther- a therapist I see uh, in Ravens. Ravenswood, which is another well, Chicago well, neighborhood. Yeah, another Chicago neighborhood for all you out of state listeners. Um, can I can I mention the name of the organization? Absolutely. It's a uh, Head Heart Therapy, and it's really really good. It's more, you know, it's very uh, focused on like empower empowering oneself. You know, there's a there's a, a, a psychologist and an author. She's had a Netflix special. Her name's Brene Brown. And they're really big on sort of like a lot of stuff that she. I actually am very familiar with Brene Brown. Yeah, Yeah. and they're very like you know, they get a lot of inspiration from her and Buddhism too. So and I found like that works really well for me, you know. And uh, do you meditate? Not as much as I should, (laughs) (laughs) but I do. I I. I use binaural beats on my phone. That's one that I've talked about on yeah. here many times. It's yeah. my favorite one. Yeah. yeah, so I do that. And, um, you know, as far as, you know, continuing with, like, what, do you, what a person can do for struggle with addiction is there's a lot of self-help outlets out there. There's ones that, you know, probably pop into people's heads, and I think all have their merits and can help. There is Buddhist-based thing called Refuge Recovery, which can help a lot of people, and and there's also a Smart Recovery, which is sort of they say it's science and it's like a more pragmatic, I guess, approach. Not not emphasis, no emphasis on spirituality. Yeah. Which it, to me is a huge component of my like recovery and my sobriety. But I think you know I'm a big believer in like whatever works for you. That's exactly what it, it is. Do it. Yeah. Because yeah. So I think those, and um, yeah, I think those are great outlets. Actually, I just, I just got a new, I just got offered a new job. Congratulations, and, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, I was working at a city college as a tutor, and I just got a job at a place called Clarity Clinic Chicago, which is basically a clinic where you can sort of like get psychotherapy, which is just, you know, therapy, psychotherapy, uh, psychological testing. Um, genetic testing to see if like you have a genetic predisposition to addiction. That's huge. Yeah. 
that and then just a gamut of other things like dual diagnosis sort of like you might have like an addiction and sort of a personality disorder or like dep you know depression sounds, sounds like you're meant for this job man yeah. you already know so much about it yeah so i think so and i think that's why i got the gig yeah and, uh, good for you man thank you so anybody in the chicagoland area could you know seek out that and i think those are would be those would be great outlets for people struggling and then one thing too I'm um, sorry to keep jabbing. No, here. man, talk all you want. That's what this is about. There's a movement in, in Chicago, uh, at least that I am aware of. It might be in other cities called Sober Curious, where you can sort of like go to sober, I guess, bars or sober locations and they serve like LaCroix or like non-alcohol. So it's people that are like kind of like into thinking about what, you know, not drinking is like. You need the social outlets. Exactly. But the thing is, here in Chicago, and this is something that I've struggled with because being vegan, is all forms of social outlets in Chicago revolve around two things, food and drinking. Drinking, yeah. And so that's a really great outlet for this. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, I think it's just for people to dip their toes in the water and see what it's all about, yeah. you know, which I think is great. So, wow. Well, make sure you give me some links to everything that you just mentioned and I'll put them in the description of this podcast. All right. So this is Vegan Superpowers. Yes. And I love talking about superheroes and yes. superpowers and everything like that. Who's your favorite superhero? My favorite superhero, probably, and I'm a, I, I think since I'm a DC guy, and I'm more of a Marvel guy. And you're more of a Marvel guy, which I like Marvel too. I think my favorite superhero is Batman. Batman. I would say my favorite superhero is Batman. Really? Because I was going to peg you for Barry Allen. So that's the one that you said that I remind you most of. And I've gotten more into Barry Allen than The Flash because of that. I definitely have some traits of Barry Allen. Overall, it's the humor. Yeah. I mean, Batman has no humor. He's very stoic yeah. and stern, and you're a jokester, man, so I think you've got the wit and yeah. very... Uh, and you ran 20 miles today. I well, I'm probably, like, if they had, like, uh, a love child, that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> Bat Flash? Yeah. So, why do you like Batman? Well, it's kind of, you know, I, it's weird, because he really has no superpowers. Yeah. It's, uh, he does have one superpower. He's filthy rich. Well, that's what the Flash asked him, right? Is that the Flash? Like, what's your superpower? He's like, I'm rich. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not rich. But you know what? I think I always loved Batman as a kid. I remember I had, I had like a, so I had a, when I was six years old, like five or six years old, I had a sister move and I was in the hospital and Batman, the Tim, for, you know, the first Tim Burton Batman came out in 1989 and my mom got me that movie and VHS tape. Wow. And that's a throwback. Yeah. And I remember watching the campy show from the sixties too and reading the comic books and with Adam West. With Adam West. Wow. And I don't think about Bat you know, Batman is like he wore like all black or are you telling me you're going through a goth phase right now? I did go through a goth phase. I mean we all did. Yeah. <laughs> that was like twenty years ago. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he was like had the cape, he had the cool like cowl and like the gadgets, gadgets, and it was just like I thought it was like really, I thought it was like really cool, you know, like and he had some pretty cool villains he you know was up against as well. I mean, Joker is like he's freaking insane. <laughs> yeah, well, he is insane. Yeah, criminally insane. Yeah. So, and I mean, he mastered like the martial arts. 
I, I think I read somewhere in Batman canon that he can bench press over a thousand pounds. I, yeah, I don't doubt that. <laughs> I can't bench press a thousand pounds. Neither can I. Not even close. No, but he like physically trained himself. And again, like I think that, you know, with myself, like I know I've trained myself to do a lot of things. It's self-discipline. Self-discipline. And he has very much like, you know, he doesn't kill. He doesn't kill. Yeah, no anybody, guns. No guns. Except on all of his vehicles that yeah. have guns. The except, Batman loophole. Except, you know, I think in the Tim Burton Batman from 1989, he did. He had that like flamethrower on the back of the Batmobile. I'm pretty sure he torched a clown. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it's a little. That's a, that one's a little fuzzy for me because it's yeah. been a while since I've seen it. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Maybe some loopholes there. But yeah, no guns, and he's got. He had a traumatic experience in his childhood, and I mean, my frankly, my parents are still around, but I had some pretty traumatic experiences in my childhood. Being bullied, yeah, that's a huge one. Yeah, I mean, that's what a lot of people who are bullied mm-hmm. want to do some form of justice. Mm-hmm. So, and I think he'd do anything he could to help other people, especially Gotham, his city, and like, you know, I have a real big, you know, I I love the city that I live in and yeah. I would I would do anything to help other people. You, you should know? run for office. I should run for office. <laughs> you should run twenty miles for office. I will. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> I may be on the next ballot. You know, there you know. go, man. Yeah, I mean I would do pretty much anything to you know to help people in need and uh, very admirable quality. But I think and we talked about this before is also, you know, giving yourself a break. Yeah. So you can help other people out. If you remember back to uh, an earlier one of my episodes, I had quoted Pat on saying um, oftentimes that we try to give too much of ourselves to other people. We always want to help. We always want to be the person that helps. But you really need to help yourself before you can help other people. It's like when you're riding a plane. Mm -hmm. When the plane goes down, hopefully that doesn't happen to you. But they always say you need to put your oxygen mask on first before helping somebody else putting it on. And that's exactly what Pat's saying here. Yeah, that's something actually I learned in therapy. There you go. (laughs) Lessons to learn. Yeah. If I'm going to describe what superpowers I think you have, I think you have the best attitude. Your positive outlook and your determination are your superpowers. The fact that you were able to lose that amount of weight, the the fact that you were able to deal with your addiction, and on top of that is maintaining the most lighthearted, happy attitude. You just, you have this aura of positivity around you. Vegan Superpowers is sponsored by Run Everything Labs. In the bodybuilding world, it's safe to say that everyone knows the power couple, pun intended, Dana Lynn Bailey and Rob Bailey. An IFBB pro and former Olympia winner, Dana knows her stuff. She and Rob know that supplementation is so very important, but as it says on their label, it's not magic. You still need to put in the work. You need quality supplements with quality ingredients. And you need to know what you're putting in your body. Run Everything Labs provides just that. Quality supplements. I truly believe in and use these supplements every day. They have a dedicated vegan line with a vegan seal of approval. If I were to buy my supplements at a big box store, 
I would be left to wonder what kind of fillers were haphazardly thrown in, not with run everything labs. Just check for the vegan friendly mark. They also have amazing non-vegan supplements too. Visit runeverythinglabs.com and enter code VSUPERP10 at checkout for a 10% discount from your friendly neighborhood podcast host. You recently have done stand-up, right? Yeah. Are you, are you still doing that? Not recently, but I did it earlier in the year. How'd that go? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's being modest. <laughs> no, I just, you know, I don't know. I've, uh, sometimes my jokes don't translate well. Do you want to spin, spin us a yarn here? Well, I don't know. I, I feel like my jokes do better with the 65 and older crowd. Hey, my mom might be listening to this. Sorry, yeah. mom, I didn't mean to give away your age. My mom is definitely going to listen to this and <laughs> I won't give away her age. Okay, so give us one for the 65 and older crowd. A joke? Yeah. Like a one-liner? Whatever you got. So, you want to hear a joke about sodium? Nah. You, I wish you could see the look on my face right yeah. now. <laughs> so, I guess it is as ex- Explicit. But, I mean, this is good for a vegan. All right, let's podcast. hear it. Uh, do you know how to make pickle bread? No. Dildo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to leave that one in. All right, um, so Pat, do you have any advice for our listeners uh, for either, I know you mentioned stuff about addiction, but like for weight loss or like positivity or anything that you would like to share? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, yeah, I try not to give unsolicited advice. I grew up, so I'm a mu- musician too, as you mentioned, you mentioned before, and I grew up playing music in the punk scene, and there's, you know, same. Uh, yeah. So, this is one thing he and I bonded over. Yeah. And especially the vegan punk rockers, like Bad Brains, have this thing called PMA, which is positive mental attitude. And, um, that's something I try to adopt in my my daily life, and I would say like, if people are you know struggling with, there's a lot of negativity out there. So much negativity, and it's easy to, for once you hear that negativity, to just get sucked into exactly. it. Exactly, with like all the social media and just like all that stuff, you know. I think maintaining a positive mental attitude is the way to go. It's Spe- your superpower. That's yeah. just what I said. Especially for me, yeah, and it's you know for. You know, people listening, it's like, if you want to, it's really not that difficult. It's much easier to be positive than to be negative. There's a lot of work you have to put into being negative. Every day, it's like a you're drudging through life. Like, what's, you know, what are you accomplishing? Like, you put, you know, if you maintain a positive outlook, like, what's, like, the worst that could happen? Yeah. You know, like, I, I do this thing in my life where, like, if I'm stressing out, like, if I'm on the train or, you know, going to work or I'm doing something, I was like, oh, like how am I gonna do this? I'm like, what's the worst that could possibly happen? Probably it's not gonna, nothing really earth-shakingly negative or bad is gonna happen. Like yeah. if I don't, if I miss like my train work, like I'm not gonna like die. No, that's like the ultimate negative uh, outlook. It's like I'm gonna die. It's like I miss my train. I'm gonna die. No, no you're not gonna die. <laughs> and with a lot of the suffering that we face in our day-to-day life, or what we think is suffering. A mantra that I have developed and tried to breathe through is it's temporary. Yep. Any kind of anger or pain or sadness or whatever, it's all temporary. Right. 
So when you are sitting in this negativity and bad things are happening, just say to yourself, this is temporary. This is temporary. Yes. So what do you do to maintain a positive attitude? Being there for other people that I care about, um, helping myself, bef you know, before I help others. That lots, oxygen mask. A lot of oxygen mask, take some big puffs off of that, exercising and just being grateful for the things I have today, you know, and like not focusing on like what somebody might have did to me, you know, yeah. years ago. Like try, I just try to keep moving, moving forward. And Always I, forward. Yeah. Yeah. Just wake up and be grateful that I have another another day here because there was a time in my life where like that was a little unsure. It was a little sketchy. Yeah. You know. Well, I'm glad you're still here, man. Me too. And uh, everything is temporary. It's yeah. like I'm just grateful for the things I. I have, not for the things I don't have. Yeah. And I think with our society, that is the big issue and the root of a lot of unhappiness. We, as I've said before, is comparison kills growth. Mm -hmm. We compare our lives with other people's lives that we right. see on social media. So they have something that I don't have, and I want that, but I can't get that. And that's what makes me unhappy. Right. Be thankful and be happy for what you do have. And that's a wonderful lesson. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. There's one thing, too, that Soren Kierkegaard said. And uh, I think I pronounced it. It's basically like happiness is an inside job. It's like you're not focusing on like all the extraneous stuff you think is going to make you happy. You know, when you sort of try to help other people and falls on like deaf ears, I guess. Or like your, your help that you tried so hard, you know, just, just doesn't take. It's like, you know, I think being like vulnerable, like still, you know, having your heart open and just keep soldiering on is like, you know, I think that's, those are another couple of practices. I think yeah. Really so well. you mentioned that it doesn't take, and this is something that I've struggled with a lot is because I too always want to help people, but the person who you want to help has to be open mm -hmm. to being helped. Yep. If you try and force it on them, it's never going to take. No. Yeah. So that's why you have to say I'm available if you need it. I'm here. Mm -hmm. But the more you push, the more pushback you're going to get. Yeah. Words of wisdom. Remember, happiness is an inside job. Yes, it is. That's a good quote. All right. So I've got one more question for you. Sure. Where did you get the inspiration for the Vegan Superpowers theme? Well, I got it from a, a few, like any good musician. Which Pat is an amazing <laughs> musician. He's really good. Thank you. Um, we always sort of steal, I guess, from other musicians. <laughs> it's an the it's an open tuning in E and I got it from a couple of different places. There's a song by Dave Mason called We Just Disagree and uh, then there's a um, Black Crows song, uh, She Talks to Angels and they're both open open E tuning and I didn't really like mock that like note for note but that's sort of like where I like got the uh, inspiration was just you know screwing around with some open tunings and then um, for the newer the newer things I was actually messing around with an open D tuning and I kind of stole something from a Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> that's pretty good inspiration. Yeah. So actually when I, I approached Pat about this I'm like Pat I'm doing a podcast about like health and fitness but I want the the theme music to be epic and then when he wrote it and sent it to me i mean you've all heard it you know just how epic it is and i actually just um introduced somebody from my hometown 
to the podcast and they were like, I absolutely love the music. That's awesome. Yeah. You're doing such a great job with it. Yeah. I mean, like when I, when I wrote it, like I wanted to have like sort of an ascending sort of like chord structure. It's like DC, but like Superman kind of just... It does definitely. I can I can tell the DC vibe in it. Yeah, I did listen to the uh, someone was doing the newer licks for the Justice League. I was listening to actually the Endgame. Oh wow! Soundtrack on my phone. So, but yeah, I mean, I get it. Get it from a couple of different. Places. So I'm going to talk about Pat's musical prowess <laughs> for just a second. So it was one evening, Pat told me he had a gig at a, a local festival, and I had no idea what what I was in store for, and it turned out I his gig was at a shoe store. shoe store. And so I walk up to the address, and I see him sitting in the window playing, how long did you play? I played for five hours. Five hours straight. Yeah. When I showed up, he, I'm not going to lie, man, you looked miserable. It was. <laughs> But as soon as he saw me, he you perked right up. Yeah. People were asking him for, he was doing requests, and people would shout out a song name without any hesitation, would go right into it. And the fact that he has all of this music in his library and repertoire, it just blew my mind. So when I wanted the Vegan Superpowers theme to be an original piece... I knew there was only one person I could go to for it, and that was you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I played five hours of Christmas. Just Christmas music? Yeah. Because I remember you doing some other songs in there, too. Oh, I did other songs. Yeah, but I think it was predominantly, like, Christmas music. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, it was pretty rough. But, but I, got, I got paid for it. Yeah, and it's, you know, one of those trial by fires. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's an experience. And, yeah. as we said before... It was temporary. It was temporary. All right. Um, any final words or anything you'd like to share before we wrap up? I just thank you for having me on. It's been great to be able to contribute to this you know, podcast. I think you're doing awesome stuff here. And, uh, you know, I hope anybody listening, you know, with sharing like my story and my trials and tribulations, if you will, and me coming out on the other side, like hope somebody got something from it and if I can go through all these different things I'm pretty sure anybody can it's just if anybody's out there like doubting themselves or thinking I don't know if it's like you're you know changing your diet or if you're you know changing your job you know your relationship is on the rocks you're gonna be all right you're gonna keep moving forward you just gotta keep going I believe in myself and I believe in I believe in other people too so yeah I believe in you whoever's listening that's so, yeah you're gonna be all right you're gonna be all right yeah all right pat thank you so much for being the first <laughs> the first guest of vegan superpowers this has been an honor yeah it's been an honor for me too and it's been great catching up with you man and great catching up with you thank uh, you so much Ian. no problem thank you for tuning in i hope you enjoyed this interview if you are looking for help with addiction please check the episode description for links to everything that pat mentioned remember you are not alone Happiness is an inside job. You have the power to change your life for the better. I believe in you. Tune in next time for more vegan superpowers.